Hey everyone, welcome to Situation Podomy, a sitcom discussion podcast. We're back again, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm, I'm sorry, I am Leighton, and I'm back again with my co-host. I've got Damon in uh, the D.C. area. How you doing, Damon? Oh, I'm good. I'm better than you, fam. You are you out of... You got to practice out here, cuz. We got to get you back. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely forgot to say my name. And, Great. Uh, and, and with that, uh, we've got also got Alex in uh, the LA area. How you doing, Alex? Doing all right. Now, we have uh, a whole bunch of show to catch up on. But just in general, you can follow our sitcom watching on Twitter it's um, Situation Podomy on Twitter, and that's where the Facebook group is. And you can we'll give our old individual uh, social media later. But let's go straight into um, discussing some sitcoms. And the first thing I want to discuss is the Golden Globe Awards, which the 75th annual Golden Globe Awards, the kind of sitcom portion of it. Um, on that uh, end, we've got um, – hmm, I thought I had this um, – Popped up here. Okay, so for best musical or comedy TV, we've got Blackish, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Master of None, Smilf, and uh, Will and Grace. Um, anything kind of, um, uh, you know, the only one I didn't, the only show I did not know of was Smilf, and I just realized it's a show on Showtime. Yep. Um, seems very interesting, uh, it is. but I have not well, gone to it's check. Well, I have to, it's a good show. Uh, so what, what exactly is Smilf about, uh, if you can say? Uh, single mother, basically just, you know, trying to get a, a handle on her life and mm-hmm. trials and tribulations, you know, recognizing that for anybody who has had children or any, you know, let me take this step further, make it a little bit more relatable. If you are broke and just trying to work through some shit in your life, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's hard enough, right? Now throw some kids on top of that. Or a child, I should say. And, you know, there's all the things that come along with that. It's, uh, it's a good show. Uh, the the young lady who is the Smilf. Um, Frankie Shaw. Yeah. She's, she's also the writer and creator. Correct. Of the yeah, she basically just, you know, created a, a vehicle for herself. She's quite good in this. She's really, mm-hmm. really quite good. Uh, the the cast of characters that they have around her are also very good, but you know she's a star of the show and, and the whole thing revolves around her. Um, maybe I would say maybe not as far as uh, like Issa, but Frankie Shaw's quite good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good show. All right. Um... Anything stick out maybe as non-deserving on, on this list? It seems as though there hasn't been much um, uh, negative feelings on any of these five shows nah. um, deserving their nominations this year. Uh, nah. Alex, how about you? Nah, I, I, I haven't seen uh, Marvel's Miss Mabel, but everything else up there, I'm, uh, you know, I'm with it. I think it's a pretty good selection. Like, are, you, right. are, are you comfortable? Like, do y'all know what uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is? Uh, I know what it is about. Um, okay. It is a, you know, it's it's about, it takes place in 1958, and it's about a woman that seems to kind of have it all in that time period. Yeah. Uh, Jewish, a Jewish woman. Yep. Um, a Jewish housewife. And uh, she decides to 
due to circumstances, uh, try her hand at stand-up comedy, and she discovers she's uh, pretty good at it. Like, uh, honestly, comedy finds her. Stand-up comedy found her. She didn't really try her hand at it. Like, okay. But, yeah. Yeah. So, the show is centered around, like, these moments of stand-up. And, you know, Rachel Bresnahan, who is Rachel Posner in House of Cards, she tends to be the one doing the stand-up. And the one thing I'll tell you, if you've ever been around comics, um, there's a moment when she gets on stage during the episodes, and you can tell she's she's in the mind of a comic. There's a certain catharsis that comes along from people who who are stand-up comedians. And and this does not necessarily always mean people who are good stand-up comedians. This is just people who have to do it. You know, wherever they are, if you listen, if you've been around stand-ups or been around comedians long enough, they'll tell you like, yeah, every once in a while, I just need to go be around it. I need to go do 15 minutes. I just need to do it. You know, she... This this is her release and like she needs this now, and it's 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 uh she's really really good. Mhm mhm. Uh all right cool. Um so okay. let's go, jump down to some of the uh, the actual individual performances and say, um for best performance in a TV series, Anthony Anderson Blackish, Aziz Ansari, uh, male by the way, Aziz Ansari yep. for Master of None. Kevin Bacon for I Love Dick, uh, William H. Macy for Shameless, and Eric McCormick for uh, Will and Grace. Uh, anybody seen I Love Dick and think no. that Kevin Bacon stands out? Okay. No. I think, yeah, none, none of us saw that. I, 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 here's the thing. Kevin Bacon's my, that's my guy. Born mm-hmm. on July 8th, just like me, like, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I'll, I'll never really fight against him getting a knot, but mm-hmm. I didn't see the show, so. Okay. Uh, Alex? Hey, Alex? Still there? Oh, guess not. I, I guess there's a big delay. Yeah, um, it's okay. Hey, back. Um, um, really let's move on to... No, no, no. Oh, good, I, I want to ask you something. How oh. familiar are you with Shameless? Uh, I know Emmy Emmy Rassum is in it, and I find her very attractive. That's it. Okay, but you've never actually seen the show. Uh, I I also know it's a remake of a British show. It is. It is a remake yes. of a British show, and yes. you know we are like six seasons past what the British show got out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they like I've seen the show. It's good. I don't necessarily like either. It's a slow year for comedy. Because <laughs> I, I I failed to believe that dude's still that good, but at the same time, you know, Anthony Anderson's great and blackish, which you know, I like him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Cormack and Will and Grace. If you've watched Will and Grace in the past, like this shit has not changed at all. Mm-hmm. So if let me go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll use this to kind of jump into a kind of a overall um, discussion. What do you think has been the breakout show of the year? Let's just jump, let's do it that way. What's the breakout sitcom of the year? What's the one that, uh, the way people talked about Good Place last year, are yeah. people going to be talking about this year? What What is the breakout show? What's the breakout performance? Because for me, uh, these nominations kind of hint to me that 
No, these are just you know no not Kevin Bacon is new, but yep. they're these are just kind of old and re- on the women's side it's a little bit more interesting. Oh but yeah, there's the nothing refreshing side, about the men's side. Yeah. There's I nothing agree. really refreshing is what, is what is where I was kind of go there. Yeah, no, I so agree. I, was, I just wondering wh- where are you feeling on that? I I think the same thing. I mean, I, I look at some of the newer shows because I feel like a lot of times like your second season is where you find that breakout. Um, I look at a show like Search Party that mm-hmm. is so strongly led by the females in the cast. It's really difficult to find a really good male um, like male role like the the. There's a guy who's a supporting actor who's really, really mm-hmm. great, but still not like not enough to really like I don't think he'd garner a ton, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Which guy are you talking about, Damon? Um, I, I don't want to label homie, but you know what I mean? Not the not Don the early. Yeah, not the boyfriend. What? No, 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 not the boyfriend, her, her, uh, the brunch crew. Yeah, 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 the homie. Yeah, yeah, John Early, yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, he's funny as shit. He's funny as shit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's really good. Like, I I think jumping on, like, if anything, because it's been the same group of people, I think he would have been a nice mix-up for somebody to choose, because he's really outstanding on Search Park. He really is. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that character is, I think between him and... Uh, Brandon Michael Hall, those are like my favorite that appear on that show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because Brandon Michael Hall is really different from what he is in The Mayor. The Mayor. Right, right. He's not nearly as charming, which is hilarious when you think about it. Because that that feels like a very natural thing. Yeah, he's horrible. Like, he's a horrible person. Yeah. yeah. So just to the the heartfelt character on The Mayor that's just very happy go lucky. You know, young guy trying to make it happen. Yeah, but he definitely wears his heart on his sleeve, and uh, the mayor. He's you know he's very genuine. You know, in search party, he's not a genuine person. He's he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, for me, nothing's really uh, stood out. You know, um, it was a good season for you know BoJack this year. Um, you know, but again, there's nothing really new. Um, there's not going to be a lot of uh, there are not a lot of breakout performances. There's nothing that will capture a casual watcher really this year for me. Um, you know, just people are gonna just watch content, but there's not anything that people are gonna be water cooler really discussing this year. Yeah, yeah, in, I agree. In, in my in my well, yes, uh, on, on, especially on the on the men's side, I can say I'll. As we jump into the women's side, uh, where Pamela Adlin for Better Things, Alison Brie for Glow, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Mrs. Maisel, uh, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Frankie Shaw for Smith, I can say in my circles, you know, Insecure has had a lot of discussion. Um, I have not seen a lot of discussions outside uh, my local internet circles, but uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, I think that this is a strong best actress list it's it's it feels you know fresh these aren't you know actors that uh i have known for you know 10 years well it's not julia louis uh, dreyfus yes yeah, I mean, that is true yes like it, that's the biggest difference there's no julia louis dreyfus so yeah, there's an opportunity for somebody else to win 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how, so you guys feel good about this group of five? Um, how you guys feel about Allison Brie though getting that nomination for Glow? I think she deserves it. I think she was awesome in Glow. I, yeah, I thought I do too. that mm-hmm. that character, like that character, brought a lot to that show, and she brought a lot to like that character and made that character a real person. Like you know, caught up in the middle of that. I, I, the whole show really was, hard. was really good. She worked really yeah. hard at, at bringing Ruth to light in a way where, like, you recognize that she's not a perfect person, but you still root for her. Um, exactly. You know, I, I thought she was really, really good there. But it's it's difficult for me to put her in the same kind of place as a Frankie Shaw who created a vehicle for herself, acts in it, writes on it, or Issa Rae who... You know, especially for for me personally, this is just a personal thing. Having seen the evolution of awkward black girl to what we have now, with you know, insecure, where this is just you know an unbelievable show that does things that roughly no other show does. There's no other show that's going to talk about black life like this, relationships like this. You know, mm-hmm. I think in the first first season. I was kind of hung up on the idea that these were not good people. The second season, there's a lot more realism to it. It's like, yeah, no, no one's perfect, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you couldn't relate to them and that these aren't still like people you wouldn't come across and get in, involved with. And I, I absolutely love that about Insecure, man. I think there's a ton to that show that's so big. and you know, Just looking at the, the female performances... Issa's just she. I was talking to my wife about this. She's vulnerable. She puts her entire self into every scene of that show, man. And I feel very similarly about Frankie Shaw Smith. Maybe not to the same extent, but similarly. And Rachel Bresnahan also. So when I when I think about those, you know, performances this year, it's difficult for me to see Allison Brie be placed in the same kind of role. But I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see where where you're coming from with that. Like, it's, when it it comes down to it, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to go for for Issa on that. But at the same time, I think Allison Bree deserves to be in that category because looking at it as far as the standpoint of the acting, like, I think the acting has been on point. If we look at the overall, like, you know, thing, like you're mentioning with the work that, you know, Frankie's doing the work that Issa's doing on their own to create their own own show to with them as a driving character. Yeah, that for me alone should be put up there. You know, for those two shows, like even having a chance. And I watched a couple episodes of Smith, and it's it's, it's decent. You know, um, but Cure, I mean, Insecure is something. You know, like, yo, that fucking that, that it is something. Hell of you know, perspective. That ending is crazy. Crazy mm-hmm. good, yeah. Crazy good. It's a real life, man. Oh no, no, no. That's my life. Not for me, but um, <laughs> well, not in my life, but right. I, I, I know some people. <laughs> I know you know somebody. Uh, okay. Um, so we can go into what we want to. So uh, that kind of wraps up the Golden Globe talk. Let's talk about well, what about stuff the boy? We... What about the men? Do we, do we 
we're not gonna talk about it. it's just shows and men and women. That's it. There yeah. is nothing else than the Golden Globes. It's just hey, uh, the shows. We talk about men in Hollywood for a while. No, I feel like we need to talk about this. Talk about the what? Men oh, in Hollywood. Men in... Oh, okay. Uh, they're trash. Yeah, this men are, yeah, about... men are trash, right? Yeah, men are... Yes, men are trash. Yeah, like, we're, uh, we're trash. Yeah, like we're we're bad. <laughs> if you give yes. us any opportunity to wield power, especially for an extended period of time, we will prove to you how trash we are. Yep. Yes. Like if you give us the opportunity, we will prove how trash we are. Ah, that is that is uh, absolutely true. Uh, but uh, what exactly did you just in general? There, it's t- it's it, it's it's uh, it's a reckoning I feel that's coming for a lot of. Uh, male actors in that they have had to, they've had it very easy to be the lead guy in a show, the lead, easy to get laughs, you know, you just, you get, you gotta get some, you don't have to work as hard, just be kind of good looking guy, can deliver some sexually suggestive lines and you're a big hit. They've had to be, they kind of have to be different now in order to kind of work and um, I think some of them are struggling uh, with finding new ways to deliver their comedy. I think Alex mentioned um, the mayor. That's kind of a, a new way. You know, it's it's, uh, it's a new kind of character. I'm, I'm, I'm interested that that character on that show is uh, doing things. Um, it's earnest. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the difference. Like, that's the difference in a the comedy. There's an earnestness there. It's not a CBS, you know, oh, let me... Let me put the fat slobby guy with the super hot wife and say something crazy that, you know, could get mistaken, might not. Like mm-hmm. we're we're in a one laugh track, rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah, like we're we're in a yeah. different place now, man. And you know, there's an accountability that should come along with all of this. You know, maybe this is the last vestige of old Hollywood where there was literally an entire society that was about show business that people didn't know about. You know, when you hear about all the stories, like think about someone like Brian Singer, right? Main man used to throw parties with 200 young gay dudes. Mm-hmm. 200, 300. Uh, young gay dudes. I've heard, I've heard those stories for years. They have been. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Wrong. I agree. They used to be on Gawker all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and this is not to say that the stories haven't been there for years. It's more to the fact that we have all heard them and nobody gave a shit. Uh, that's that's true. That's very true. That is very true. Um, I, you know, you just there was not a lot of um, there was just. I, you know, I can't even excuse myself. I just don't know why we didn't care uh, before, but now, now we do, and uh, uh, and now people are, you know, for for things they have done decades ago, it's all catching up to them. I never imagined that some of the people that I'm seeing um, this kind of stuff happen to uh, were uh, were like this. It's, it's 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 shocking to me, and it's it's definitely affecting the way comedy is going to be, has been written, and is going to be written. Um, you know, a lot of those jokes used to be, you, you could make some of those, you know, really easy jokes about, you know, you know, women being in the kitchen or, or you know, 
a lot of those kind of more easy jokes that were that had that kind of stuff in mind. Uh, and I just think people are going to be a lot more sensitive to it um, nowadays, especially if you want to make a broad comedy. Um, you're going to have some you're going to have some trouble in the in the future with that stuff. Yeah, those um, low hanging fruit jokes are going to go, dude. Those low hanging yeah, fruit goodbye. they're, they're going to go. And maybe there's time for them. Like I'll take you I'll take you a step further. Mm-hmm. Um I went back and listened to some podcasts of ours. Like mm-hmm. Get Out the Room from like 5 years ago, right? Okay. Player I cringed at some of that shit. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily, you know, on the same level of, you know, <laughs> like, let's, let's hold women back in, you know, X, Y, and Z. But there's definitely a, yo, what the fuck were we on? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um. Like I wouldn't it's, it, say that now. Mm-hmm. Like I, to, to be very honest with you, a hundred percent objective, I wouldn't say that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, I think uh, as three guys in our thirties, I think we have all. I, you, you kind of look back. Um, well, I, I, could, I personally can probably look back and say that there have been things that would be questionable now um that i you know i did in my early 20s um that i would say said and did that that, that were questionable uh and uh i don't think not on the level of this kind of stuff but i would say uh a little bit more manly than i needed to be um a little bit more manly Uh, I, I would say uh, that right now I'm a little, I'm a, a nice soft guy right now, and things are. Yeah. But see, that's so. not true, man. Look at it like this, yeah. like, like so we're equating you know mm-hmm. sexual harassment and mm-hmm. sexual never at assault. work, right? Yep. But but we're equating that with manliness. Like we got to do better than that, right? Uh, you know, okay. I I was looking. I can't find the words to say. Uh, like yeah. I know it's tough. I know it's difficult, and I'm not saying yeah. it's not. And it should be difficult for an mm-hmm. entire industry that has basically relied on self-policing that has not policed itself at all. You know what I mean? Like they've done literally nothing to police themselves. They just let it happen and paid everybody else. They're like, hey, you do what you want. You know, We'll just keep sending the checks. Like, there's no way Harvey, like somebody like Matt Damon, right? I'm no longer on the Matt Damon train. Uh, dude, I, I was off since Greenlight. Like, he has consistently put his foot in his mouth. Pro- Project, you mean Project Greenlight? Project yeah, Greenlight, yeah. yeah. Project did, Greenlight, my bad. The way bad. he did the black folks on that? Man, yeah, the way he did the black people explaining diversity. Now he's sitting around trying to tell people what sexual harassment is and yeah. sexual assault like all right dude you, you need to stop stop why you can't mansplaining sexual everything mansplain <laughs> like like we gotta do better are than that, that yo. like just stop talking yo like, i have yeah. a legit issue with him at this point and um, 
but I, I, there's also the aspect that he represents a lot of Hollywood. He represents a mm-hmm. lot of entertainment. He re- like, you know, he represents that attitude. Yeah. Like I imagine if you got Chuck Lorre in a real fucking safe space, he's probably not going to say the most enlightened shit. Oh, no, not, not at all. Yes, he does not come out good in his battle with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like when you when you start to like take that shit apart, you like yo, these motherfuckers is not great. Yeah. Mhm. And, and yeah, it, it, it'll uh, hopefully this will lead to a. Uh, it probably won't happen this year or next, but it will lead to some uh, interesting changes in in the comedy landscape. We'll see. We're gonna see um, just some better, more realized characters. Um, going going forward, and you know, uh, you know if you if we kind of look back in the Situation Pod in the archives, this is uh, I can I can I can say that uh, stuff has been bothering me, you know, especially in regards to the way that you know women have always been treated on on these shows, and mm-hmm. uh, I have mentioned it, you know, I, I I never the one number one thing that always used to bother me about the sitcoms is that uh, guys. The men are always allowed to have friends, but the housewives are not allowed to have friends, and so it's, it's always been something that really bothers me. And I just, you know, because uh, you know, women are defined, you know, wives and girlfriends are defined by their significant uh, other. Their, yeah, their entire uh, entire existence yeah. is defined through their husband. Yes, and so, right. and you know, of course, the the number one one for me on this was always, um, what's the Ray Romano show? Everybody like everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves yeah. Raymond. Uh, I always bothered me that Patricia Heaton never really had. Patricia Heaton had nothing. Nothing. Literally uh, nothing. You never saw her without she had, Ray she had the kids. or his family. That was it. Yeah. So. So yeah, you know that, that kind of old school mentality uh, probably is not gonna. It probably you know there there are probably people who think that that's you know fine in certain areas of this country, but that that kind of thing always kind of bothered me because i don't expect any woman nowadays that i associate with to just define themselves around me like i i i i, I kind of always the, the, my goal for for sitcoms was always was to see the show that would have a couple dating and there would be episodes where it's the guy centric you know the guy goes on you know guy does his thing the woman does her thing with her friends and then the couples do their thing so it's kind of you know it kind of is a real kind of situation. And I think, you know, and I think Alex is going to be really happy about this one. Uh, the one show that I felt that maybe kind of did this well was the show A to Z. Yeah. That did actually have the guy with his friends, the woman with their friends, and then the couple together, even though maybe that show did not work as well as we um, probably uh, liked, uh, but yeah, it did have that concept, and I did li- I did like that part of the show. So just again, yeah. So that's you know that's how we're kind of feeling about these uh, shows in general. Um, anything Look, else to, to be, you guys want to discuss? To be very honest about that shit, if you think about it, and I, I Sex and City was kind of revolutionary in this. The mm-hmm. men, the men were definitely the women in that. Their entire existence was through Carrie Bradshaw. Literally. Yes. Like Mr. Yeah. Big, uh, Aiden, like none, neither of them had a life outside of her. 
We didn't see them with their friends, their homies, none of that shit. It was literally about when they came around her. She had the friends. She had the yeah. outings. She had the dynamic life. And yeah. That's, that's a pretty yes. interesting take, you know, 15 years later to look back on and realize that, like, none of the female people, especially in CBS shows, have mm-hmm. no other life. No. Yeah. Which, my, their, so gonna... their original format, um, very uh, odd couple, odd couple, but very, you know, uh, Ralph Crandom, Honeymooners, kind of like, yep. you know, you get the wife, you get the best friend or yep. best friends, you get his parents, and nobody else really exists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. This also happened to me. You know, this this it's been bugging me since the sign, kind of the Seinfeld episode. I think it was a Seinfeld episode where the other episode of a sitcom I really want to see is you know we have the two people. You know, we have the episode of the show where it's a single guy. Really, there's not a lot of shows with just single guys. So there's single or single guy, single girl. You know, he has a group of friends. You start dating that person, and the episode is I meet the girl I'm dating. Friends, I get introduced to her friends, and uh, wacky stuff happens because my girlfriend's friends are so different than my friends, or they're very similar to my friends. I've yeah. never really seen any episode because I'm sure both you guys, you know, there was a point in time when you had to be introduced to your uh, wives, uh, friends, and you're like, oh, this is different than just hanging out, but having bringing my girlfriend around my friends, and yeah. you know, it was it was it was different, you know, and uh, takes your main character out of you, you you guys being the main characters out of their normal comfort zone and can can lead to some good comedy if you if done right. So yeah, yeah. or can take you in a really terrible fucking path, bro. <laughs> yes, that is that <laughs> either is, but or not. Or. Uh, but nonetheless, it's interesting and could be very good comedy. Nonetheless, it so, could. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. I, I hope that at the end of this shit, it all kind of mm-hmm. leads itself to a more well-rounded, uh, like three-dimensional production yes. of characters to move forward. I mean, we're still stuck in a place where, you know, it took what twelve years of Matt Lauer, you know. Trapping girls in an office with a fucking lock underneath his desk. <laughs> and, a button. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that, like, Harvey Weinstein was fucking notorious in the industry for what he used to do to people. And everyone just knew, well, fuck it. You know, you just watch your nuggets. You go in here because you, you got to go through him to get the roles. Right. <laughs> like, everybody yeah, knew so it. Yeah, so you got to pay. You got to pay the price. Right. Like, watch your nuggets. If you had a good agent, they wouldn't let you go up there by yourself. But if you had a bad agent, they wouldn't even tell you. They'd just send you on a goddamn... It wasn't even an audition. Yeah. They would send you on a proposal. Go up mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wear get get a little grabby. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were literally like, you come back. I, you knew what it was when you went. When you went. Yeah. That, that was, is, you know, it was so, so widely accepted that it was just like, oh, you knew what it was when you when you walked up and you said you were going to take it. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's inter- it, it, really interesting, but it's finally time, which is great, you know, that this stuff is happening because far too long, man. People have been, just women have been taking advantage of and just, you know, I don't know, man. Hollywood is vile. I, that's what I'm trying to say. Just all around. 
is bad. Uh, and and that is why I'm very okay with the um, you know just the kind of you know if if uh, if it takes Netflix, if it takes uh, Amazon, if it takes you know YouTubers becoming the new just just get rid of all this old Hollywood structure that kind of forces you know. Uh, someone like Harvey Weinstein to be so powerful, but yep. it's tough because no matter what, even the, even Amazon is like, you know, having some troubles with their and Netflix, you know, having some troubles with Danny Masterson, and yeah. um, and the problem with them is they fought to keep Masterson on, which yeah. is a crazy, crazy thing to do. They just, fought, you know, they finally fired that executive though. Yeah, they fired the executive and they fired Masterson. Yeah, yeah, they finally fired him, but it was just like weird how that happened, and they were like. Nah, this didn't happen. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, there, this didn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. we're even yeah. Madison. And it's like, just, that was so strange. It was strange to me that they worked so hard to keep him. The I was like, no, so no one actor is so valuable to a TV show, you know? Dude, I, okay, like so here, here goes the thing. I, I hate to go that route, but what? it's not the actor. It's the group he may represent. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. I'm not dropping names because we don't need to get sued for defamation. But you ain't never lied. Don't say nothing. Don't, it, don't say nothing like it, that. But it's mm. it's widely been known that you know protection under you know a certain clause and certain being has been you know widely used. So look, at mm-hmm. this point, dude. You know, I I guess it's finally nice to know that like public outcry can finally put it into some of this and you know well, maybe yeah. it can at least lean on you to make a decision i let right. me let me jump on the uh, other side of this um issue then um Uh-oh. why do they uh, I, don't, I don't look i not, i'm not saying i agree with this but why do why why did netflix have to fire him? would it really have affected their ratings to um or their views or whatever to to keep them what if they just didn't comment on it at all saying what if they did not comment on it at all but kept them what what would have negatively what would have been a negative impact for netflix would there have been anything i feel like yeah people would have stayed on if they said nothing like now you're just cuban being it and keeping them on instead of like addressing it like would it have hurt their overall bottom line? More than likely not. But it would have sparked up enough fever to get people talking about it, and you don't want, you know, continual bad press. Like, they always say any press is That good. is a good point. That's a good point. Continual bad press is bad, because you already had to do do spacing it. Like, spacing had to go. Now mm-hmm. you got to call Masterson, and you got, you know, Masterson, you, you got recent Masterson, because it happened in the 2000s, and people are still talking about it. So for you to ignore it completely, you know, it is just as bad than what ended up happening anyway with one of the executives arguing back with somebody on Twitter about, yeah, this didn't really happen. We're not getting rid of him. You know, for Netflix just to keep him, it would have been bad press. Like, would they have lost money? Who knows? But they definitely would have been I think the answer is not in the short term. Um, so here's the thing, and I think this is something that we all have to be real cognizant of. Mm-hmm. 
Netflix is still in a stage of early adoption for the older demographic that watches CBS. Okay? As more and more people move towards that platform for their sole viewing, mm-hmm. you are not in a position to have one of the people who's a star, who's been on your show and carry a brand on your show be brought up on accusations alleged, you know, three or four times, three or four people and for you as a network to be like, nah, it's cool. Literally, like, you're just not in a position to be able to do it because there's too much social media. There are too many mm-hmm. platforms for people to respond. And mm-hmm. it only takes somebody to be like, oh, wait a minute, hold up, that's Netflix? Aren't they the ones who, oh yeah, I'm not watching that. And then mm-hmm. people just rock with Amazon and Hulu instead. That is that is the answer. Uh, they're, they're definitely in the we need good all all good all, we need good publicity to to make sure that people want to keep watching our brand. You, you can't, have cannot, to cannot take, yeah, cannot you, take you, the you must yeah. Yeah. look yeah. especially like Damon mentioned. Go ahead, Alex. No, I was going to say especially what you mentioned, what you're getting ready to say on Cash Cows, and you start looking at competition is like. Yeah. All right, well, Amazon let their people go. Like, Jeffrey Tambor, he's away from his show. Um, yeah, and that was, like... They've got another person. And that's an Emmy-winning show. Emmy-winning show. Right. He's yeah. an Emmy-winning Emmy show. Like, the show is Emmy-winning. He's an Emmy-winner. Like, they were on the train. They were, like, the people who got people watching Amazon. And they dropped his ass like a hot loaf immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Guys, great discussion. Um, let's lighten the mood, and I, and I want to really—I don't know if you guys want to go into what we're watching. You, you guys have two options. We can talk about what we're watching, or I can go through kind of um, some 2018, some shows that are going to be back uh, in 2018, and we can also use that as a discussion to discuss what we're going to be watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you guys jump into the yeah, let's go. All right. So on January 2nd, uh, we've got um, a new show called uh la to las vegas yep this um this one this is a show starring dylan mcdermott as a oh, pilot uh, as as a pilot um and he is uh, it's basically about a budget airline and their eccentric passengers about this specific uh round trip flight uh now alex i'm sure this is this is something you have done many times so let me hear from you first about uh uh, uh, about your what you think, what you, your excitement level for LA to Vegas, and uh, any memories of you uh, you have of your LA to Vegas uh, travels, or you drive to Vegas. Yeah, I'm actually guy. excited. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you yeah, a drive to Vegas know. guy? Are you, are you a drive no, to no, Vegas no. guy? Okay. No, 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 because okay. driving from LA to Vegas is insanity. It takes you like six hours to get out there, and getting home can sometimes take you anywhere between like. Five hours and eighteen hours. So, and that's that's real. Like it's just <laughs> like no no joke. But I remember watching this show during like the pilot seasons. Remember we were covering pilot, yeah, air and everything that was coming up. And I thought it was funny. Like I like um, Dylan McDermott. Like I thought anything. And I think I mentioned this on the episode that we covered it. It was like watching a live-action Sterling Archer. Like, I enjoyed yeah. the character. I thought it was very funny. 
I thought the supporting cast was really funny and to center it around a specific type of flight that happened um, and to kind of use like a budget airline, like a spirit or a Southwest, you know, as the driving plot of that, I thought was really smart because you do get some weird stuff that happens on that, like, you know, LAX to Vegas flight. Like literally I can tell you there were times like going out from like LA to Vegas, like, on a flight on a Thursday night, like you just see a bunch of like party people. You see literally, I, I and I'm not being in this, but strippers boarding the plane because oh, they're yeah. flying to okay. Vegas yeah. to make that money weekend. Like that, that is you know, like, you would see all walks of life going on these trips, you know, from tourists to people going to party, bachelor parties, bachelor parties. And you, you interact with those people. You can see people already, like, halfway in before they get on the plane. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and then when they get on the plane, they're trying to get that complimentary drink to, like, keep the party. <laughs> and yeah, the, the, the flight's only, like, you know, the, the flight's only, like, 15 minutes, right? No, the flight's an hour-long flight. Okay. It's an hour. From um, San Francisco, it's but, 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, like, 50, I thought it was like 50 minutes, and you spend, like, 15 minutes on a tarmac each way. <laughs> more more or less uh it's about an hour it's about an hour overall and okay. if anything it's it's about five to ten minutes on the tarmac then you up in the air then you back down five you know five to ten this up and down but it's long enough that you can get at least one cocktail session in yeah like, <laughs> keep it going or more if people try to so for me i thought this show was like really i thought it was really funny and a great premise if it has stand power, I doubt it because I don't know where you can go with um, a show like that because it's really centered around one thing, this flight and this crew on a plane. So if it were to like continue on, it would have to go a Superstore route and really flesh out like its main cast of characters. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm you def- you got to use the ensemble. Like, that, yeah, that, that is tried and true. That is proven. Right. Like... It's a, a perfect example, like I mentioned, is Super Superstore. Like, we all sat around, and when Superstore came out, I know, Damon, you probably still aren't watching it, but it was very, it was very like, yeah, this is going to be tepid. It's not going to be – they've been able to ho- hold on pretty long it's, because the ones it, that they did yeah. flesh out the characters. It is It is definitely uh, – Superstore is definitely um, anchoring um, – Definitely anchoring uh, NBC right now. It's a stable show that's um, that's uh, getting some pretty good ratings. So yeah. just really quickly, we got Ed Weeks, uh, uh, Kim Matula, Nathan Lee Graham, and then Peter Stormare as uh, on, on on in that show as mm-hmm. their supporting cast. Um, so next up, we kind of got uh, The Mick season two. Uh, anybody mm-hmm. still watching The Mick? I caught a little bit of it. Yeah. I, I, I see what they did. You know. It, Kaylin Olsen, they're trying to move her away from just being D from It's Always mm-hmm. Sunny. You know, she's still, you know, kind of crazy, but, you know, there is a little bit of more heart to it, and you know, I get it. They're trying to develop her character to be a better person. So, it's good. Her, you know, you mentioned getting her away from Sweet D. I feel like this character is what Sweet D should have been. Mm. And as always, Sunny kept going. Sweet D just became enveloped, you know, she just became, you know, enveloped into more of the craziness with the rest of the gang. 
Yeah. Like for this, like I feel like this is a toned down Sweet D yep. and a Sweet D with heart that like still will fuck up and it's still kind of trash, you know, it's very trashy, but can be common sense, can be more or less in that show nurturing. Yep. You know, which is what that character started out as on, you know, It's Always Sunny. But I love, I love the show. I think the whole cast is pretty damn funny. Um, And the boyfriend, Jimmy, that dude is, he's doing God's work on the physical comedy. That's like, My man sells it every time. He sells it. All right. So uh, next up, I think, is definitely one that's going to be close to all of our, all of our hearts. So um, on January 3rd, Freeform, which used to be called ABC Family, yep, um, is uh, has the first season of Grownish, uh, which is the uh-huh. spinoff of Blackish, uh, starring Yahi Zoe Yah- Yara Shahidi. Yep, as Yara Shahidi. Off, yep. As she heads off to college and begins her journey to adulthood, but quickly discovers that not everything goes her way once she leaves the next. Um, now, do I you guys know if she is going to an HBCU? Uh, I or don't she think going so. To a regular, okay. I think okay. it's a um, design school. Okay. Regular college. No, I don't even think oh. it's regular college. I think it's a design school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We've got Chris Parnell who plays the dean. Yep. Um, we've got uh, some names that I, I don't really know, but we've got Francia Reza, Trevor Jackson, Jordan Buhat. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. So that's uh, so yeah. The show is uh, made by Kenya Barris, of course, uh, of Blackish fame. There's going to be recurring characters. Dion Cole is going to be a recurring character. Uh, Charlie. Uh, Chloe. Yeah, it's Charlie. Yep, Chloe Bailey, mm-hmm. and um, and Haley Bailey, a Sky. Well, yeah, they're going to be uh, they're going to be <laughs> recurring characters on the show. Uh, Chloe and Hallie. Um. And um, Anthony Anthony and of course Tracy Ellis Ross are probably going to be are going to be guests, but they're probably just going to guest on the first episode or something. They'll lead we'll you see. in, they come back maybe. Uh, the, uh, yeah. So the one thing I do like is that the uh, it looks like there's going to be an hour long premiere, and it seems as though every episode is going to have a black music title. So first episode is called Late Registration. Episode oh. two is called Bitch Whoa. Don't Kill My Vibe. Episode three oh. is called If You're Reading This, It's Already Too Late. I'm sorry. If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. Episode four is Starboy. Episode five is Cream. Casuals Everything Around Me. And episode six is called Cashing Out. Wow. So, wow. Okay. Uh, so you those know are what? The, those I are, may check for you. Yeah, I might check Freeform out for this. Uh, <laughs> I am too because I was initially thinking like, I don't think this is going to work out, but after hearing the episode titles, I have to support this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so that's what's going on with uh, Gronish. Uh, let's see. What do we got next now? Um, uh, Superstore. Thursday, January fourth. Superstore season three um, is back. It returns from its uh, mid-season break. Uh, now, Alex, I apologize. I, I, I'm mixed on. On Superstore, I, I've been watching great news. I've been watching uh, The Good Place, but I have not been. I I'm somewhere near the end, start of season two of uh, Superstore, so I'm a little behind, and I I, I do want to catch up. So, what, what's your thoughts on season three of Superstore so far? What's what's the major development? I know uh, America Ferrera was divorcing her husband. Did that did that happen? 
So, yeah, that was a major development in the season is that her character, Amy, finally divorced her husband. Mm-hmm. And so the season really has been dealing with not only that, but they, they ended the previous season on a cliffhanger with a um, hurricane coming through that damaged the store. And so much like, you know, her, you know, marriage kind of like ending and trying to build the pieces from that. They were trying to build the store back together. There was the will they or won't they between her and Jonah. And so that has finally been wrapped up. Um, And so now it's Amy's character learning how to deal with um, moving on, you know, now that being, you know, that she's been divorced and, you know, obviously seeing how her husband has moved on. Other than that, it's just kind of been, you know, same kind of wackiness happening, um, you know, character building for some of the ancillary characters. They added a new character to the show, a love interest for uh, Jonah, which has been really good because she's kind of come in and been this, like, really super cheery, chipper person mm. um, while the rest of the crew is kind of burnt and, you know, dead to it all. And she comes yeah. in and really, and really cares. All right, let, let me actually expand this because it seems as though NBC is uh, building up a, a strong kind of must-see TV Thursday. So Superstore is going to lead off Thursday nights um, at 8 p.m. Then we have The Good Place at 8.30. Then we have Will & Grace at 9. Then we have Great News at 9.30. Um, so that, that seems like a pretty strong like a pretty strong list right now of, uh, of, a, of a Thursday NBC can be okay with. I think that this there's nothing there that is glaringly bad. I think Great News is a good show. It, it's it's not a great show, but it's a good show. I enjoy watching it. I I enjoy Briga Helen. I enjoy the the woman who plays the mom. She's she's annoying, but not too annoying. Um, I the mom I probably, may be my favorite character on that whole show. Yeah. Um, I I may want to dump the British the British dude. I would be okay dumping the British dude. That dude can't catch a break, man. He was uh, he was such an integral part of one of your favorite high concept ABC shows. There you go. <laughs> Whoa, um, mythology, baby. Uh, yes, I'm aware. Um, so yeah, I I would be okay if he was not on the show. Um, I would be okay. I'd if be he... okay if the mom wasn't on the show. No, I, well, no. I, I, I have got I think, no. I think the mom, the mom has the most laughs per per line. The mom has some energy there. Yeah. The, the, her the her wacky laugh, mom is, her laugh the wacky per line ratio is way higher than anybody else. Ah, uh, I, mean, I I can't stand the wacky mom. Like it's such a a, a used trope that I'm just like, uh, it's so burnt. <laughs> when done well. Like man. this woman, this this mother still walks around literally with hair from like the late 70s. Yes. I'm like, There's, who's mother on earth of a woman that is in her that's, early That's a New earth. Jersey mom. That's what he wants from her. That's oh, the worst. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a New Jersey mom right there. Um, but yeah, so at first I was a little, bit, is, iffy on, yeah. I was a little bit iffy on the um, good news season two since they, um, they <clears throat> with, the, with the Tina Fey stuff, because it was very weird, the whole Tina Fey portion at first. But then I kind of, um, you know, they kind of they wrapped it up quickly. And um, Tina's uh, really I, good I, though, as an actress. Yeah, she was good. See, the thing is, I knew she wasn't going to be a regular character, so I didn't, I didn't want to buy into anything that she was doing. Because I was like, you know what, yeah. Tina, Tina Faye's too big for this show. Well, she's not going to stick but around. You, okay, but you understand why they had her though. 
to boost the ratings. Yes, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they 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 were like, we need people to watch this, so you got to bring the fan. Yes, and yeah. she's an executive producer on the show, so yes, I can understand that. Yes. Yeah, she's um, definitely going to save her own show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but we do understand the show is just Thirty Rock Part Two. Part two. It's not though. Uh, whoa, whoa! You know, it's I, I it, even... it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't have the surreal wackiness that happens with a lot of Thirty Rock, but it's it's very Thirty Rockish. I feel like it's very would, Thirty Rock. It's a local local TV version of Thirty Rock, maybe. Exactly. Okay. Um. Good place. Season two. Season two has been going pretty well. They have uh, completely well. changed, you know, the um, completely changed the rules and everything um, that's that's happening on the show. Um, you know, Ted Danson is on the side of for four heroes now, um, and now the, the, and I, I, I am consistently amazed that they uh, the ideas they come up with the show with the show and like. And every, how everything is just making sense and still being really funny. I mean, this is just unique storytelling. Um, this, is, uh, this is unique storytelling. I think, I mean, Michael Shore, you know, if, 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 Mike, if something bad happens with Michael Shore and I have to not watch his shows anymore, I would be very, very sad. How about um, to say, like, that's an L for us all. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I'm, I'm just praying that nothing bad happens with him. Uh, because his shows are are, are unique um, and usually well done. There's not a lot of tropes going on, um, and especially with this one, I mean, they they just have this one plotted out. It seems as though they're just they're seven they're a season ahead of where they, you know, they know where they need to be and they they write everything towards that. And, and I totally um, enjoy that. Yeah, we, we um, talk, we talk how about, about you guys? Yeah, go for you, it. They managed to get to a place faster than any of us thought they were able to and in a way that we didn't imagine was possible on network television. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. That's it. Uh, let's, yeah. Uh, Alex, Here. how about you? I, I, I gotta, like, with, agree with what Damon's saying. Like, they were able to do something with everybody going, like, where are they going to go with this? How is this going to work? And they completely changed the game to make the show something different and showed we can keep this going for as long as we need to. Mm-hmm. And that in television comedy, I think, doesn't happen very often. Nope. Out the gate, they were like, no, we can change this up anytime we want to and make it fresh. And it's been good. Yeah, man. Uh, and then, and then they, they used Darcy Carden, which I love. So good. Janet, like the oh, Janet episode, great. fantastic. Jason Mazuk is fantastic. Like, Derek, I, yes. Like, everything they add, like, I don't know, man. Like, they haven't over-seasoned yet. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, we're going to throw some ginger in here. That shit was hitting. We're going to throw some cilantro in here. That shit hitting. Fam, like, <laughs> like, I'm waiting for somebody to come in here like, fuck, we're going to throw some lemongrass in there. Come on, cuz, it's too much lemongrass. <laughs> like, right now, everything they put in there has been hitting. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Um, and then Will and Grace. Now, Damien, yeah. you're you're watching Will and Grace. What's going on? I'm the only Will and Grace fan here. Yeah, my wife well, and I talked about this. It's not my 
not my thing. Not my thing. Not my cup of tea. I I find that very strange because I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. it shouldn't need to be anybody's cup of tea because it's just funny. <laughs> the yeah, show I is just funny. You know the the antics they can be a bit much if you it, maybe if you're not in on the joke so to speak. But the show is funny. It's well acted. It's uh, high energy. You know they got a real good joke ratio. High joke ratio, actually. Well, you know, it's just that I don't know. Since I never watched the original series, I I don't know if I can just exactly. jump in. If I, if I was I gonna say in. the same thing, like because I'm first time around, I don't think I can catch it the second time. There are a few callbacks. Now, I'll I'll be honest about that. There are some aspects. Uh, they had a show recently um, about Mega Malali's maid's quinceanera where, you know, something happens and you kind of, they basically do an entire episode on just how much she meant to Karen and Megan Mullally. And it showed a ton of range for Megan Mullally, but, you know, you don't, you wouldn't truly understand the impact if you didn't watch it the first time around. It would still be very funny, but it's not going to be like the big deal than it was if you actually get to watch it. I, I just, I, 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 I guess so. I think for somebody though that hasn't seen the show, I think that it's probably hard to connect with characters that you're bringing back. Like you, like it's like. Let me put it like this: like I'm gonna use that. This, this is one show, and they're trying to do this with another show, like Roseanne. Yeah. They want to bring Roseanne back, like. I don't feel like it's going to resonate with enough people because you've got a whole different generation of viewers that are going to be like, I never caught this the first time. Well, that was kind of the ding. Like they, they, uh, they're almost hoping that you don't like the new folks know that there was a show named Roseanne, but they don't know anything about it. They're hoping that you don't remember any of that shit. (laughs) They retcon the fact that Dan died in the last episode. That that's true. Like they're 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 yeah, yeah, and both Becky like they're banking on the fact that you don't remember the old show. So Mm -hmm. uh, you know this is a little different. Will and Grace, they know their audience, and they like they're writing towards a group of folks who have been with them for ten years, twenty years. Mm -hmm. It's still very funny, but I think Roseanne's gonna be a little different. I think they're writing towards whoever is gonna watch the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, keep it going. Um, uh, crazy on Friday, January fifth, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend season three. Yeah, Damon, this is for you. You've been disappointing in the last season of uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, no? Compared to the first season, anyway. It's a darker season. It's a different season. Um, mm-hmm. the show has changed. You know, in in the the first season, there was kind of um, sort of a sense of hopeless romance there's a, a sense of zany hope in the second season it's all about the consequences for all the shit that happened in season one and it takes Rebecca and everybody else is like some truly dark places man like this shit is not 
it's not like mm-hmm. it's not light in any stretch of the imagination anymore. There's still brilliance there. Um, you know, Bloom is still holding it down, truthfully. But this is Rebecca's story now. Um, mm. You know, before there was Rebecca's chasing after Josh and you know, like this whole cyclical thing of Josh and then the other dude and all the other people in and out of like, this is, this is a Rebecca story. Now we've moved away from that and it's, it's not the same show. It doesn't have the same energy. There are, there are times where you'll see, um, you'll see glimpses of the old show, Donna Tramplin and, you know, the, the musical numbers, but there's some real dark shit happening here. It is, uh, it's definitely a different show. Still good. Just not to <laughs> um, so we're gonna kind of kind of maybe jump around a little bit as I flip through this uh, um, this list of shows, but um, let's see. Um, how about uh, anybody catch uh, divorce? Would you consider divorce a dramedy? Uh, that's coming back on January fourteenth. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's a dramedy, but. I can watch BoJack Horseman if I want to see a talking horse. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep making them jokes. I don't. I don't. I'm making that is, wow. Uh, I, I I you know she's a she's she's a she's an attractive wow. woman and uh, any man would be <laughs> glad to to be dating her. <laughs> Shoot it across the <clears throat> bow. Wow. Uh, I think uh, I may have how... seen her play a character in uh, The Last Jedi today. Wow. You are... Oh, whoa. Whoa. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's way egregious. Ah, isn't it good to be back, gentlemen? That is aggressive as fuck. I... <laughs> Holy oh, it's shit. It's good to be back. Um, it's you good know to what? be back. <laughs> any of you guys have any thoughts on Grace and Frankie? Season oh, 4 is God. coming soon. <laughs> There's nothing that I can say that will even get close to what your man just laid down. Okay. How about uh, Rachel Dratch? She has a show called Rachel Dratch's Late Night Shack. Uh, it's going to be a whole bunch of uh, short-form comedy content uh, that's presented by her. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. For Rachel Dratch. Look that's going to be on tr- True TV. I've Rachel seen it. Dratch. Oh, you've that's seen it? The thing yeah. that's fortunate is that it's put to true tv but yep. i think it's a long time that rachel dredge got her own show and got some shine because that well, one puts in work yeah but people uh, well, tell you she has a face made for radio uh well you know she has uh, a face uh well you know i i won't i won't go that far i will say she strikes me as someone who probably should be a that that would normally character. be a normally be a supporting a supporting uh, character, yeah. and uh, she hasn't really gotten those opportunities. I mean, the Thirty Rock thing is, is already is the main thing that comes to mind. But here's the thing uh, about Rachel Dratch: she is so like I I need to find more adjectives for how good she is in sitcom. Mm-hmm. She, if there's like a gifted and talented school, Rachel Dratch is in it for comedy she's that mm-hmm. good all the time so to to see her get some shine i think is incredible like i, I always wonder like does she and tina 
just not really fool with each other like that. Like, how come she can't get no love on the big stage, man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll stick to this list. Um, next up, um, One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time Season 2 comes back yeah. on Friday, January 26th. Uh, I seem to have been the only one that watched the entire first season that was... Yep. Uh, and I and I was very okay with it. Now, Alex, did you did you end up watching one day at a time? My my, I did not watch it. My wife watched it, and I just kind of like peered in and asked her opinion, and she she enjoyed it. She thought it was. I, I, I enjoyed it also. The only thing that I hated was the uh, that was the neighbor character. Um, uh, I forgot what his name was on the show. Snyder. Snyder. Yeah, I, I did not I did not like that character as much. He's very annoying. But I, I like the mom, I like the sister, and I like the kid. Uh, and I, of course, I like Rita Moreno. So, um, so you know, uh, I I am down for season two. I, I kind of binged season one over a weekend, and I thought I find it enjoyable. Um, let's see. Um, let's keep it going with. Um, we're gonna get into February. Mozart in the Jungle season. Season four. Wow. Okay. Season four. Wow. Okay. That is the most boring show to be so fucking widely acclaimed. I was gonna ask, do you guys even watch it? I saw season one. Okay. That's it. About you, David. Have you watched any of it, sir? I haven't watched it since season one. I just, I just found it boring. It was boring, dude. It was boring. Like, brutally boring. You know, usually I'll give a, a you know, a check, catch it when you can, kind of tepid show a chance. This show wasn't just tepid. It was boring. So, yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. Um, you know, this is kind of uh, the main things I kind of want to talk about, um, I, but that are on this list that I have from... Uh, you know, TV guide here, but a couple shows that maybe we wanna. Uh, one show I want to discuss. Um, any of you guys see the new Amy Sedaris show? Um, what is it? Where she plays like a Martha Stewart character? No, I have not. I've seen or, previews I, I, for it. I, 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 yo, so you guys have heard of it at least? Yeah, I know uh, it is. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess you guys haven't seen that. And then the other thing that kind of has me worried is, as I think about The Good Place, um, the character that plays Vicky, um, the character that plays Vicky, uh, she is going to be the lead on Zap Brass' new TV show. Yeah. Um, um, Alex yeah. Inc. And I'm worried, worried about, you know, if they're going to pull Vicky off uh, Good Place. I mean, you know, like, I always want, you know, uh, her to get her money, but, you know, she's working, she clicks so well on The Good Place that I... That I'm, I'm worried that she, if she's going to be able to do both. That's all. Yeah, she's a really good antagonist. Mm-hmm. Really, really yeah, good. Yeah. You know, in a world I, where there's like not a whole lot of things that are concrete, she mm-hmm. plays in that quasi space really well. Tyra Sixirkar. Yeah, she's good, man. Mm-hmm. I it, feel like they're going to pull her off the show, though. Yeah, I agree. I, unfortunately, like the way that it, it can be set up, especially with I don't know if you guys watched it all the way down to the uh, the finale, but you can see it being written in a way where they can pull her off. Yep. Yep. 
Oh wow! I you know I just looked up uh, Taya Taya's uh, bio. I didn't realize that she is uh, the voice of Star Wars Rebels. That's uh, that's, that's that's interesting. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Alex Inc. is the um, the Zap Braff show where he plays some sort of startup guy. Taya plays his uh, wife, and he has uh, two kids. We've got Michael Imperioli um, also there. It was supposed to be a mid-season yeah. replacement, but they still have not given it a release date yet. So I'm wondering if that means that it needs to be retooled yeah, or, or something. Um, so, yeah, maybe it, show, uh, it always struck me as not very interesting. So, um, I, yeah. so I, I, am, I, am, I am definitely uh, concerned. You know, um, no, hold on. Like, I, that's surprising me coming from you because I feel like... Oh, I'm big that breath fan, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You talk but, nothing about the beauty of yeah. Scrubs. Yeah, man. Like, I, I figured that that alone would be enough to get you to be like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, well, yeah, I'm of course going to see the... I'm of course going to see the pilot. I mean, guys, come on. Yeah, you didn't give the... Tra- but you didn't give the trademark. Guys, no. come on, it's Zach Braff. Like, you... Yeah. No. No. So, uh... Yeah, like, you're, a extra off, energy yeah. Yeah, like you're, you're a little bit more step back from this than I really expected. Yeah, a little nervous about how it's, this is going to be. Yeah, I, I'm very nervous. Uh, Zap Braff has been out of <laughs> has been out of TV for many years. Uh, Zap Braff has been out of TV for many years. His movies have not been uh, very good. Um, yeah, I'll let him hear this. He'll be disappointed in you. So uh, I'm very concerned. I am very very concerned. What um, was the last good movie he had? Well, he directed the movie Going in Style. Okay. Um, but the last movie, the, 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 the one, the one yeah, that he crowdfunded, I saw that and I didn't particularly like it. I forgot the name of it. He he crowdfunded a movie. I forgot the. Oh, the, the crowdfunded movie. one, not the one where he ended up oh, on yeah. Fortune of Rain at the end. Yes, yes, yeah. the the crowdfunded. Yes, I, I I was not a big fan of uh, not a big fan of that movie. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm more, I, I gotta say, I'm still more interested in whatever Bill Lawrence is going to be up to next than what, uh, Zach Braff is going to be up to next at, wow. uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, okay. I, I have a longer history of watching Bill Lawrence stuff than, um, than Zach Braff stuff. Um, I, Zach, right now he doesn't have anything, you know, I follow Bill Lawrence on Twitter. He doesn't really have anything, um, going right now. It's, it's, it's pretty sad to see because um, you know Bill Lawrence has classics man he's got Spin City Clone High Scrubs Cougar Town Undateable yeah I mean I look I I get it yeah I, I feel like right. there's an opportunity and maybe maybe this is my issue more with mm-hmm. Zach Braff more than anything like I feel like he takes his voice more seriously than the rest of the world oh mm-hmm. he is an he is an artiste he's an artiste yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, in Scrubs... But, but he's not, though. <laughs> but yeah, he's like an artiste in his own mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in, in Scrubs just Were kinda... you not about his uh, soundtracks to his uh, movies back in the day? Look, the only one I was about was Garden mm-hmm. State. It had a Nick yep. Drake... It had a Nick Drake song on there. Uh, one of these days, like, I thought that was a dope song. They had a Zero Seven song on there, too. The first time they found out about your boy making the uh, silent Velcro. Um, mm-hmm. But look, like all of that shit aside, because I know that he feels like he's like, like he's a fucking 
you know, three or four Michelin star chef where he's crafting an experience for you. Like you're not just getting the screenplay. You're not just getting a movie. You're getting a movie plus the perfect companion soundtrack. Fuck that. Yeah, he let, he, he let Garden State go to his head. Correct. Let's just make it what it was. And he was like, I'm this. This is what I bring to you. And right. that's not what it is. It was like, you made one. That was good. And we can't take that away from you, but you ain't been nothing, making good sense. Yeah, nothing else has looked like this. Nothing Nothing's else. Nothing's hit. Yeah, what was that, <laughs> that fucking... I'm trying to figure out what that movie was, where he, like, ended up on a porch. Everybody cheated on everybody. Source movie, right? I think so, man. It, yeah, I like that. Was, it had to be the Source story. It was, I always um, try to give that uh, dude... I wish I was here. Wish I was here. That's the... That's the crowd-funded one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I wish I was here. Yeah, it was probably that. But I always felt like I tried to give him a chance just based off of history, and maybe he don't deserve that shit no more. Yeah, uh, I am almost there with you. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I could say I'm pretty much there with you. Um, yeah, it's, it's very disappointing to see. But yes, I could see... I could, I could, I could be there with, I could be there with you. Um, we'll see. Um, all right. So it's been a long discussion. Um, it's great to catch up with you guys. Uh, we had a great talk today. Um, is there anything else you guys want to just talk about just in general? Alex, what's, what's going on, man? I know there was something. That you... Man, I, uh, I'm in the. No, no, man. I'm in the Star Wars days, so I don't, I don't want to talk about anything. I've got a lot of Star Wars uh, processing to do. I can do. You know, uh, I. So wait, Damon, have you seen Star Wars? And if not, why haven't you? Uh, my wife has been on call this whole weekend. Okay. She literally just got off call at twelve. Okay. So okay. I'll probably end up seeing it tomorrow night at ten thirty showing. Um. So I'll see it within the next couple of days. Yeah. I don't like uh, when other people are there. I, I can't wait to get I, your thoughts. I understand. There were people dressed up in my theater as the movie came out. Someone put, uh, opened up a light-up lightsaber. Very annoying. Um, but, you know, overall, I, uh, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed... I had a positive experience with the movie. And... Uh, uh, how were the how were the moviegoers? Were they positive? Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah, they were they were very very they're very positive in what they saw. Yeah, because I um, heard not everybody has had a positive experience in. So I, this movie's so, device is device. Um, well, I will say that um, I don't particular. I understand the movie. I understand the movie, but I don't like how they played my boy Finn. Is, is all I'm gonna say. As in, I understand. I, I understand what happens. Um, Alex, I, I think you can probably understand what I mean. Uh, it, right? No, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's. I will say that the new characters all all work for me. I liked um, Rose. Rose. Rose was cool. Rose worked. Ro- Ro- Rose is very cool. Even you know Laura Dern is in there for a bit and. Uh, it's a weird thing, but I I I, I dug her. Um, I think. I, I could um, use, yeah, I, I could use more of that character, but. Um, 
Uh, I, I like I like Laura Dern. Um, I liked um, I liked this Kylo Ren. I like this. This is a much better Kylo Ren than uh, Force Awakens. Um, and um, you know Benicio del Toro is in there uh, in, a, in a kind of a cameo role that I kind of in, I kind of enjoyed also. It's it's, it's a weird performance, but I, I liked it also. Um, yeah, uh, I, I do think that the, the Rose Girl is a, is, a, is, a, is is kind of my breakout uh, lead. Baby. She's a breakout very, star. She is very very cute, and I I, I, I definitely dig her kind of performance uh, in the in this movie. Uh, her 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 ending line definitely reminds me of um, it's very Han Solo esque at the end of um, uh, at the end of uh, the second of the original movies uh, and because you know that's one of the most iconic lines in all, all film history you know i you know i love you han i know um you know that's it's, it's as legend it's as good as that i i feel well maybe not as good as that but but up there um and uh yeah and uh you know uh, what's her name um carrie fisher is is good so yeah i i had a, had a good time watching this movie so i i think a lot of people will also uh uh enjoy watching this movie um yeah so yes we can discuss it when when damon has seen the movie we can we can discuss further spoilers and um man y'all gonna make me see this shit immediately it's you know the crazy thing they like people were saying that it wasn't as well received yet this shit is already like the second highest grossing ever only behind the force awakens in like every every metric no, but here goes the thing with that, though, Damon. It doesn't matter, like, what people think about it. It's Star Wars. It's always going to do its numbers. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Good or bad, it's going to do its numbers and, and, and kill everything in the box office, like, when it comes out. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's known that, like, I, the discussion happens after people watch the movie and then have their thoughts about, you know, what they oh. thought. Like, I, I'm, I have mixed oh. feelings about it. All I all I want for you know you uh, Alex I want you to think about and I want Damon to think about what he thinks is if you were to t- tell the story of what Finn does in the movie think about that for a second think about all the actions he does in the movie and how does that make you feel uh, about about Finn uh, if you if you were to tell someone all the things that Finn does in that movie why. And then what happens? How do you feel about it in the end? And that will determine kind of how you feel about the movie, I think, in general. Um, because it's, I think the Finn part is the controversial part of the movie. Um, no. I think you either li- like the way that they, what Finn does, or you don't like the way that, you don't like it. No, nah, I don't think that's the controversial part of the movie. I think Finn's thing is something people can discuss and go, I don't how, mean, how do you I don't think the character utilized? But I don't think it's I don't think it's the driving thing that makes this movie divisive right now. I the divisiveness is 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 somewhere else in that movie where people are walking out. And I and <laughs> I, my thing is when I left the movie today I was torn on it, and then I got oh, some I was time torn. Uh, I got some time throughout the day to think about it, and when it came down to it, I'm okay. The one thing I will say is, give Ryan Johnson, giving him his own three Star Wars movie, that's the way to go. Let him tell let him tell some other stories. Uh, right. I think uh, Ryan Johnson has made some of my favorite movies. I mean, I love Brick to Death, and I really liked Looper, 
Looper was Brothers Bloom was good also. Brothers Bloom I am good. huge. I'm a huge fan on Brick. Yeah. Um, Noir in a high school. Yeah. I. Dude. No one else has heard of this great. movie. I, 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 every time we discuss the Star Wars guys, I say, hey, you should go see this. Go find this movie called Brick. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, like, you know, most people know, know, know of Looper, but they don't know of Brick. So I have to keep on, like, tossing that out. Dude, I bought Brick immediately. The first mm. time I saw that film, I was absolutely blown away. You know, Emily DeRaven was like, other than Joseph Gordon-Levitt, that was like the big draw. But the, Joseph Gordon-Levitt carries that whole fucking film. And, yeah, Brick, Brick is a sleeper. I think Brick is a, it's a total sleeper movie. Yeah, that it's really good. Need to see. Yeah, like, I, I have, yeah, whenever people ask me honest, about it, yeah. Honestly. I was gonna, I was just gonna say something, and after watching Star Wars and thinking about Looper, you know, I probably, I think I would have given him, like, if he wanted it, I'd have given him the Blade Runner. I'd have given him Blade Runner instead of uh, Dennis Bill. I think I'd have given him Blade Runner and a different movie, and people would have went ape shit. I think he would have handled that property really well. Wow, interesting, interesting. That and is that's interesting. Wow. And that's after watching last and putting it all together. By the way, Ryan Johnson, he directed three of the best episodes of uh, Breaking Bad. So Breaking Bad, yes. He directed The Fly, you know, and Ozymandias. Uh, so, yeah. Ozymandias so, is basically the the one, the, the consensus best episode Yeah. at this point, right? Yes. Well, like, Fly's think every, up there, too. Fly's up, Fly's up there. Fly's too. up there, but I think... And everybody's number one. Like, if you have a top five, everyone mentions mm-hmm. Jose Mandis as mm-hmm. the one. The, the one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That That is a, a spectacular stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, my only, my, again, my only issue with, um, my, my issue with uh, Ryan Johnson getting the three movies is that this means that he's going to be tied up with three Star Wars movies. He's not going to be able to make his own movies. You, know, yeah, his own not, movies. you can't do anything it's, at this point. It's, it's, yeah. it, you've locked up one of the great directors for 10 years now, basically. Yep. Yeah. You know, production, but, pre-production, but, filming, post-production. Yeah. Well, but they, did, well, you see, hold they hold gave on. him a sandbox to play with and were like, here, build your castle. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. So I think they're keeping them on the same timeline that these are in now. Mm-hmm. Really? So every, you, like, every year. Every other year. Six years, he'll be, well, no, not six. Nine years. Yeah, 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 six years. Six so, years, he'll be wrapped. So you got, yeah. So you got six, three movies, six but, but, years. But, I mean, like, is that six years from, like, when? I mean, like, you know, like, is he writing his from, next trilogy right now? I mean, he has what to does be. That mean? He has to be, because the next film comes out in two years. Is Han. Is, is the Han movie. The Han right. movie comes out in 2018 correct and then and then number episode nine comes out in 19 but he's then, not directing that one is he no i is know he? i know but he but his trilogy is not going to overtake episode nine they gotta wait for those to wrap so let's so say, say episode 2020 nine, no 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 because no, no. episode nine finishes right mm-hmm. at the then, end of 2019 yeah right so then there's probably a bridge movie um, whether that's a female character, um, some some something, I doubt they would go right into that trilogy because they mm-hmm. would have to have something to bridge the gaps. Okay, uh, another prequel maybe. 
That's what I'm thinking is that they they're they're gonna they're gonna run these with these Star Wars. Oh, you know what it is? in between. It's gonna be an Obi Wan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah young Obi Wan. So, yeah. Obi Wan in 2020, yes. Young yeah. Obi Young Obi Wan in 2020. Yep. Uh, and then in 2021, you can the beginning of a new trilogy. Um, yep. Uh, speaking of which, uh, let's 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 keep it there and just say what do you, what are you guys thoughts on the Disney purchasing most of Fox? Oh man. What does that mean for the the movies that you like and the series that you like? Who knows, man. I don't. I, I have a very strong feeling on it, so I'll let Alex talk first. I, you know what, I I don't know how to feel on it. Like the properties that now they own, like does that mean now that Disney has control, what do they do to the Alien franchise? Right. Well, hopefully they uh, tell fucking Ridley to put some Xenomorphs in his fucking films. I, well, he said he was done with Xenomorphs. He was yeah, like, this motherfucker said there are no Xenomorphs in this last film. It's all about David. Like, don't nobody give a shit about yeah, that. It's all about the, yeah, nobody gives a fuck about Fassbender's character that much. But I think, you know, they that's Alien, that's um, Predator franchise, which I don't even know how this next Predator movie is going to turn out. Um, it's it's weird. Is, is Disney going to um, – they're not going to release that movie under the Disney banner. It's going to be no, like Mar- – It's going to be like the under the Marvel they're, they're, banner, right? Yeah. It'll do what they've always done, though, just like they had Touchstone Pictures, and they've had, you know... Miramax. Wow. Yep. Miramax, and they had, um... Oh, what's the one that put out, uh... They still release, you know, the Star Wars movies under Lucasfilm. Like, they'll block yeah. everything with Rockheimer. They'll, they'll put it out under something else, but they won't tag it with the Disney label. I mean, it's interesting to see, because they own so many properties, because that means... You know what this means, though? The Simpsons, the Simpsons in with, Disney World, dude. No, 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 no. no, no. It stays at Universal. Yeah, they stay at Universal. The well, the the wait until that contract is up, then. I, who knows how long that contract is, though, dude? That's yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I was just at Universal. Krusty mm-hmm. Land's not going anywhere, dude. That shit is a gigantic. Yeah, that's, and it's the same thing out here in LA. Like, it is a gigantic part of the park. Yeah. All right, Futurama in Disney World. No. <laughs> I think they they will keep their properties separate and go like Disney is Disney. Yeah, I think and all the old ones. Different. The only one that they've they've the only one they've only taken the only two they've taken and put inside of their stuff is Star Wars, which they had already had you know somewhat of a contract with going way back into the eighties, and uh, Marvel, which yeah. you know they bought Kit and Caboodle and kind of. In a sense, Marvel fits along the lines of what they have. Like the other Fox properties, I couldn't see them taking those and folding those into the mouse. Like okay. they own it all, but it's gonna be separate. You know, yeah. guys know what the real reason behind it is. In 2019, Disney's coming out with their own streaming service. Yep. This is, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a play for a back. They actually now own 60% of Hulu. Yep. Keep that in mind. So um, they have. All of Fox's, you know, 60, 70 years of history, and they yep. have all of Disney's 60, 70 years of history. Um, that's a good pull it and make you pay through the air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pulling all of it. Like, it's part. They're gonna, it's, they're either gonna they're either gonna rebrand Hulu as the Disney streaming service, whatever it's called, or and then and that means that they would kick off all of NBC stuff. Yep. Um, 
yeah, NBC is the other partner, I believe, right? So um, they yeah, NBC all... and somebody else has a partnership into it, but I can't see no, them no, doing no, that no, to... because NBC's Comcast. Yeah, NBC. Well, so yeah, well I know, I, can't I know see that them kicking off, off of Hulu. I can see them. Well, then what? What? Why? Why am I gonna be in this deal with um, ABC then? I, I need more money. They would, they would, they would, contracts would have to be renegotiated then. It's not a. Yeah, I will we'll see. So here's the biggest thing, and, and this is this is the part I've kind of been holding out on. It is never a good thing to take mm-hmm. away another independent option for new ideas and vehicles for new, fresh ideas to get created. You've now basically, you know, imagine that you've now decided that the Lincoln Tunnel is closed and you can only go through the Holland. That's roughly what we've done now. I I, I see what you're saying, but I have to disagree. The media landscape is changing. Um, People are finding new ways to become um, stars in entertainment. I mean, the rise of YouTube uh, means that uh, people can kind of, if they, if they have the know-how, they can produce their own things, drop Which it on YouTube. Which is also being bought by a conglomerate. And, yeah. Uh, and, um, you got to remember, dog, even those those outlets are being bought, though. Like you, what are you talking you, you, So you're not an independent outlet. You're under somebody's... Yeah, yeah but you're still under somebody's umbrella when it comes down to it because they're all buying them up. It's not truly being an independent yeah, like you're, you're like I, signed a I'm contract. with David on this. This is sim- yeah, this is simply enough. Like the reason, like honestly, like for me, it's a bigger. Besides it being just an entertainment thing, it's a bigger scale of what's happening. Like from a country standpoint, like yeah, there was a reason why you had antitrust laws and yep. monopoly laws. We are getting ready to say, nah, we're done. Monopolies are back and here to stay, which yep. is a terrible thing because yep. monopolies, like Damon saying, like they stifle. Creativity, they they take away choice from people. I, it, the mouse is already powerful enough. Now we're an all powerful. The entity. mouse is hurting. No one is watching the mouse. No one. Hey, no okay. The mouse may be hurting as far as some of this television work. Yeah. And it's sure shit making this theme park money. Cause go down to Disneyland or Disney World any fucking day of the week. Cousin, the I was just there. Cousin, I was just there. They are not hurting. They are not hurting at all. Well, you know, take ESPN used to be a big part of their uh, financials, and now it is every every week they're laying off the people at uh, ESPN. So yeah, that's, but... they don't, that's because they can't manage ESPN right. They don't know how to manage that. And, and Disney has done this before. Disney has taken over things and not known how to manage the property and fucked up. It's just nobody ever gets to look at that because usually when that happens <clears throat> somebody's ousted or they just be like oh whatever we fold it yeah like, like getting rid of Grantland that was a huge <laughs> mistake giant mistake. huge <laughs> mistake like you know, Disney like Disney not... picture yeah. go ahead Alex no I was just gonna say like Disney pictures and the things they had from Touchstone to all these other small you know, guys, they bought up like 
it's been a problem, like, them not managing it right. Like, Disney's fucking... Uh, look, Disney's bottom line and the way they do things is really, from a standpoint of buying other companies, is bad. Yeah, like, I, I know and, everyone's excited to see mutants show up in the in, Marvel, in the Marvel universe. But, like, this is... You can't have Anything. one less room open for people, creatives, to get their work seen, man. Exactly. And it's and it's and it's it, it takes away so much. Like it, it's it's one of me, one of me, you know, one side of me really is very, like you said, like I'm excited, like oh shit, you can maybe put me into the Marvel universe. But then I'm, it was established separately. Just keep it separate and just keep it on you. But they won't. And I don't think, you know, the, the question is managing all of this and just being under one umbrella. It's not a good, not a good look. Mm-hmm. Not a good mm-hmm. look from a, a, a corporate economy standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint. It, it makes me very scared, scared. Like, yeah, didn't look, they already say like um, the Fantastic Four and somebody else will be entering like relatively soon? Yes. Yes. Like, and the thing is, a lot of people, that's all they care about. So I, I know that nobody really gives a shit about the idea that there are less avenues for people to get their work seen. But, I feel, but you know, there, there are folks who, and this goes back to, like, kind of my earlier point about Hollywood being closed off. Like, Hollywood's difficult enough to break into. You know, and I know everybody says, oh, well, cream always rises to the top. And, you know, if you're good enough and you're such and such enough, then, you know, you'll be seen. That shit is not always true. You still take breaks. You still need people to believe in you. You still need stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't like the idea that we now have a gigantic conglomerate, basically, running what 63 percent of all of our media yeah like that 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 can't be good man that's not good well let's see you know what the last thing is let's see what happens let's see if this doesn't go to court because oh, it could it more than likely will all right so with that let's wrap up for this week we've had a good almost two hour discussion here um so on Twitter, I am uh, Late Gordon, L-A-T-E-G-O-R-D-O-N. Uh, this show is on Twitter, and it's like Situation Pod at me. Um, you can just tweet at us uh, anytime, discuss some shows. What are you watching? What do you want to check out? How's the day going? Yeah, anything you want to discuss. Um, so, Damon, where can people reach out to you on social media? Uh, you can catch me at D-A-E-0-2-1, or you can catch me at Get Out The Room. Uh, you can catch my other podcast, Get Out the Room, at getoutthemoon.podomatic.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the whole nine. I'm about to, like we had, we had also had a two-hour episode talking about the differences between uh, Justice League and Thor Ragnarok. Um, one's know, good, one's bad. That's uh, <laughs> bottom line. So yeah, like just, I mean, I love, I, know, I absolutely I know. love Thor. You know, and I thought that, you know, Justice League was just kind of a sloppily, I shouldn't say sloppily, unfortunately put together work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
there's so much more that film could have been that it wasn't. But yeah, the, that episode's about to come up. So yeah, man, other than that, you know, we around. We Alex, how about you? Where are you online? Uh, Twitter. Jiggy's my day job. That's why I be. That's why I lie. Mm-hmm. Nothing coming up. Just, just watching these <laughs> shows, man, and and stewing over the Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it, it is definitely something you need to kind of re you know search your feelings uh, for. Um, wow. So, uh, so for Damon and for Alex, I'm Layton. Uh, good night, everyone, and happy holidays. Drink it. Happy holidays, folks. <laughs>